The only way we can get that kind of stuff is the Holy Ghost has got to help us right now. We're too hard-headed and stiff-necked and selfish. And we have a lot of things going on in our minds. How can we hear what God is saying unless we have some help this morning? So I'm praying that in this moment when God is getting ready to speak, that we would, that you would send the Spirit that we might be able to hear what the Spirit is saying to his church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give me just a tad bit more volume, or at least in the monitors, so I can hear myself. I want to get right into our series, God is Love. This is the second message as we are dealing uh, with, in fact, the greatest story that has ever been told. The greatest story that's ever been told is how Jesus died to save your soul period. The cross is the ultimate love story. There is no love story that is filled with so much romance. There is no love story that is filled with so much oh, rebellion, so much passion as this story. Jesus loves you. Did you hear what I said? You ought to stand in awe of that. Those three words ought to get you to a place where you can agree with that song, that you love him more than anything. We'll discover today that the love of Jesus, God is love, is the greatest story that has ever been told. And this is not someone else's story. This is your story. We are not reading about something that happened to somebody else. We are getting ready to read a story that has everything to do with you. What we are getting ready to discover today is that the story of God's love is not about them. It's about you. Let's review as we get into our study this morning. By the way, I encouraged you to bring a notebook. You'll discover why. There is, there is going to be so much information coming at you. It will be impossible for you to obtain all of it in one sitting. The goal of the preached word is that you will be inspired to go back and study for yourself. I was encouraged today because I saw some iPads coming in and saw some with a notepad coming in. These are those that have not forgotten pastor's clarion call and appeal to take notes during our time of study. There are seven phases that we're going to deal with that uh, make up, or seven scenes, if you will, that make up the love story of your life. And I'll put it on the screen today, just in case I don't forget one. Come on, say amen. <laughs> Last week, we forgot the main one in the second service, but the first service folk helped us out. So the seven phases of God's love story in your life is first, pre-creation. 
That's in red because that's what we're going to discuss today. Second, what is it, everybody? Creation. Third, conflict. Fourth, covenant. Fifth, Christ. Sixth, the church. Seven, recreation. In each one of these phases or scenes in this reality show, and the reality, the star of this reality show is you, <laughs> everyone as we'll discover in a minute, all eyes are on you. There are seven phases, and the phase that we are currently in right now, according to the Bible, is, does anybody want to tell me? What phase are we in right now? What number? We're in number what? We're in number six. Pre-creation deals with what happened before there was a planet Earth. Creation talks about what happened when planet Earth was created. Conflict, which we'll discover in a couple of weeks, is the result of sin and the fall in the Garden of Eden. Conflict came in the planet when it shouldn't have. Four, because of the sin problem, there had to be a covenant relationship. Somebody had to pay for the mistake. Somebody had to pay for the sin problem. So thank God that a covenant was made to save us from our sins. And then... The ratification of that covenant, the sacrifice of that covenant was Jesus Christ when he came here. And then after the birth and the life and the death of Christ, Christ now needed to infuse himself in somebody else so that the story of God's love can continuously be told. And that's why there's a church. That's why there's a church. The whole purpose of the church is to tell the story again of what Jesus Christ has done to save our planet. And then finally, there's going to be a recreation, which really is to bring us back full circle to where we were supposed to be in the beginning. Would you say amen? amen. So today I want to, uh, I want to, I want to just re recap on last week. Last week we talked about killing the baby. All right, Revelation 12 was our passage. And we discovered, number one, that you are what, everybody? You are a reality series. You're living a reality series. Number two, we discovered God angels, unfallen worlds are, are the viewing audience of your life. Are we clear on that? God's watching what's happening with your life. Angels are watching with interest in what's happening with your life. There are unfallen worlds that we've seen from the study of the scriptures and that we've learned last week. There are other worlds out there outside of our Milky Way solar system where there are created beings that did not sin like planet Earth. And they, too, are trying to figure out how we're going to work this thing out. Everybody's interest is invested in this. And this is the reason why. Let me just give you a little insight on why everybody in the universe has their attention focused on the reality series that's happening on planet Earth. You know why? Because their creator did not leave heaven and come to their planet. They are trying to figure out what... Who are these people that my creator, we have not turned on him as they did. And if you stay in second service, I have a video that I'm going to show you. Uh, don't have time to do it this morning. But it is a dramatization done by the North American Division. It's a 10-part series on the great controversy. It's an eight-minute video. It will blow your mind. 
Planet Earth defected and no other, no other world that God created defected. And I also want to say this because some people are skeptical about that. Aren't we the only ones out there? I mean, is this some kind of UFO kind of thing? Brothers and sisters, do you really think that God did, only created planet Earth knowing that we were going to kill him? Now, he has an innumerable amount of angels. You're telling me that he's going to invest everything in this without no backup plan. Come on in here, somebody. <laughs> Lord, I'm going to thank God for more than one child. Come on, say amen. <laughs> when one's giving you hell, at least you can look to the other one to make you feel good about yourself. Come on, talk to me, somebody. And so it is clear, you'll see this from study of scriptures that, and from inspiration, that there are unfallen worlds, and they are all trying to figure out what would bring their creator down and become one of them and die, sub subject himself to their mess. Everybody's watching. And that's why there are no decisions in your life that are throwaways. None. I'm amazed sometimes at uh, these CIA operatives and these people that are on the ground in other nations. And do you realize that every decision that they make when they're working in the world of espionage and spies, every decision that they make, has the ability to affect national security. Every decision. I used to want to be a CIA agent. Seriously, I, I almost had, I almost had, seriously, this is no, I'm not saying this to gas myself up. I was so tunnel vision on that thing. I, my, well, I can't, well, I had, I knew somebody, I lived in Washington, D.C., I knew somebody that worked at Langley. I'm, I'm almost afraid to mention their name, lest I be killed or something like that. Seriously, no, seriously. And so I had an internship set up for the summer after my first year of Oakwood to go work the CIA. But uh, the Lord turned that thing around. Turned it around. And one of the things I discovered about that world is that there's nothing, and this is why they have to hide their identity. They can't make any choices that don't affect national security. One leaked identity can throw the whole world in nuclear crisis. Now think about this. That's on a micro level. The macro level is that sometimes when we're living our lives, we think that, hey, man, I, I'm going to sin today. No big deal. I'll just ask for forgiveness. Not knowing that every decision you make has cosmic and universal implications. It's deeper than your, your just little life. Come on, say amen, somebody. Your life is a part of a bigger cosmic battle. Who says amen to that? Let's move right along. You are living a reality series. You ain't just watching it on television. That's the fake stuff. You're living a reality series. Look at your neighbor and say, I know the pastor's telling the truth because my life is drama. Come on, say amen. It is drama. Next. We discovered that there are two miracles in the spiritual realm that came out of Revelation 12, 1 through 5. The first miracle is that Christ became one of us. That's a miracle. That God became a man. That ought, to, that ought to cause somebody to holler. That God got down, not, he did not come down as Adam was before sin. He came down here in the worst, in the worst possible condition. He came as a baby. He came down here. God, Lord have mercy. Came down here. He's not a distant savior that looks off and sees us in a mess talking about, I'll help you. No, he came down here and subjected himself to the same stuff. Bible says he was, he was in all points 
tempted as we were, yet he was without sin. Let the world be amazed. Let every believer in here be astonished that God would come down here and get in your mess. And we need to praise him right now because he's still getting in our mess, putting up with our foolishness. Thank you, Jesus. Well, Satan saw that move and thought that he had God and he tried to kill him, but he failed. And as a result of it, God protected us knowing that he was coming thereafter. Now we'll discover today. Here's a question we want to answer. Why is Satan so angry at Christ to the point of murder? Why is Satan, based on what we studied last week, we saw that the dragon was ready to abort a baby, a helpless little baby. What would make a dragon (laughs) want to kill a baby? Huh? A baby. Harmless baby. What's, what's, what's in Satan's mind that would make him want to take Jesus out as a baby? Why not go after him in heaven? Why get him as he's a baby? Well, we're going to find out what brought Satan to the point of murder. The Bible says there's war in heaven. Let's read together now. The Bible says, now a great sign appeared in heaven together. A woman clothed with the sun with the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of how many stars, everyone? Twelve stars. The Bible says in verse 2, Then being with child, she cried out in what? Labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon. Who is the dragon, everyone? Satan, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems, was to suggest that he works through human powers. The Bible says in verse 4, his tail, or his deceptive work, drew a third of the stars. What are the stars according to Bible prophecy, everybody? They are angels. He convinced, or he deceived, if you please, a third of the angels of heaven and threw them, and threw them to the earth. And the Bible says, and the dragon stood, go back, and the, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour who, everybody? Who's the child, everybody? As soon as it was born. Verse 5, so she bore a male child, who is Jesus Christ, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Now, don't forget that line right there. That's why Satan came after Jesus as a baby. Because he, he wants power. Now, here's the whole point of my message today. That the spirit of Satan is to want what God can give without wanting to love God. And the same spirit that was at work in heaven is the same spirit that is at work on planet Earth. Where we really, and that's why that song that my sister just sang, I love you, Jesus, more than anything. Hands are lifted. Hearts are. Praise God. Oh, I love that song. No, you don't. You don't love him more than anything. (laughs) Do you really? Now, I love the Lord. Don't get me wrong. But I don't know if I can say that that song is prophetic to us. May, May we get to the place where we love him more than anything. And the issue here is Satan's mindset. And we're gonna, I'm going to uncover it very carefully for you today. Satan's mindset is, is he wanted God's power, but he did not want his character. 
You cannot, and it's just like many of us, we want the blessings of God more than we want God. Yes, we do. We pray more for stuff and for life down here than we pray for his presence, for his spirit in our lives. And that is the root, that is the undergirding of sin. The undergirding of sin is somehow to disconnect God from what he has to offer. That's it. Drug addiction. Every sin. You know what drug addiction is? It's wanting a feeling outside of getting it from God. You know what adultery is? Adultery is, is trying to get satisfied with a feeling outside of God. You know what stealing is? Stealing is to take something without consulting with God. You know what lying is? Lying is trying to manipulate life in a way while ignoring God. Every sin has its root in trying to get a hookup while disconnecting God from the hookup. So let's roll. Let me take you down to today's text. All right. This is the second part of Revelation 12. The Bible says the first thing we see in Revelations 1 through 6 is a battle on earth. Okay, everybody listen. Prophetically, John says, I need to start first by showing them the battle on earth. What was that? A dragon coming after Christ. Can I give it to you in straight terms? That was the time when Christ, the baby, was born and Herod tried to kill him. That's a battle on earth. That's a battle where, everybody? Now, notice, in verse 7, he then moves us from earth to heaven. Understand what's happening here. This is a powerful point that I need to make right now. That everything going on down here is as a result of what happened up there. You can never disconnect your life here from the supernatural realm of what happened up there. Many of us don't even realize it, but we are pawns. We are being controlled by an enemy that has a vendetta, that has revenge up his sleeve against God. That, that happened, I'm talking about years, is inappropriate to say. We're talking about eons ago. We're talking about an eternity past. Before you showed up, there was something going on. Have you ever walked into the middle of some drama and by mistake you took the side of somebody because you didn't know the whole story and it was somebody you loved? Come on, talk to me now. Somebody you love. Come on, say amen. You know, our natural thing is to side with folk that we love. You know what I'm saying? Even if it ain't right. When, I, when me and my brothers were growing up, I mean, there's three of us. You know, if my brother was getting jumped, I jumped in there. Come on, say amen, somebody. We didn't even have to know what was going on. And we, and we about to go to work on somebody. We didn't ask questions. We didn't want to know what happened. Just because my brother was in a fight, I'm going to jump in. We'll ask questions later. And then there were times, bless my brother, my brother Corey, bless his heart, my, my brother had a mouth. So uh, after the fight was over, and then we began to investigate as to what happened, I almost wish 
that I hadn't gotten involved in the first place. You stole his girlfriend. Why was I involved in this? There are times that I'm driving and I, have, I, am a, I, I drive aggressively. I'm from Washington, D.C., and you can't survive there if you're letting people in all the time. Just telling you that right now. I love the Lord, but after I let one person in, come on, say amen. We ain't letting 10 others in. Come on, say amen. And you know how you just sit there and pretend like you don't see the person and they're trying to get in. Amen. That's why I have a secret for that, by the way. If somebody's not letting you in, you know, this is what you do. You blow the horn and then you just go out of your way to get their attention. Excuse me. Can I get in front of you? Even if they ignore you, they'll let you in they'll, after a while. They don't want to look bad. So, so, so sometimes I'm driving and my wife has this thing. My wife, I mean, she's like the Lord. If I'm wrong, I told my wife, honey, if I'm wrong and somebody gives me the bird, don't, don't chastise me in front of them. Wait until they pass, then tell me you were wrong. But my wife, like the Lord, has no regard for my ego. And there are times I will cut somebody off, they will give me the bird, they'll cuss at me, and I'm looking to my wife to say, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, he did it. And get my back, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, stand, ride or die. Stand with your boy, not Shanae. She's watching right now. God bless you, Shanae. Shanae will chastise me in front of them. And I'm saying, no, 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 you did that wrong. Uh, but, but, but hear me now. What we don't realize with the enemy is, is a lot of times, unlike my wife, many of us have sided in a battle with the enemy because we don't know the whole story. And the stuff that you are doing right now is a part of a grand scheme of the enemy to get you to go against Christ. And you have fallen willy-nilly into his plan and you don't even know it. You're like me and my brothers jumping into a fight. And if we knew better, we wouldn't have got in in the first place. Do you understand where I'm coming from now? So the Bible says war broke out in heaven, Michael and his angels. I don't need to take a lot of time with this, but it's very clear. In scripture, don't listen to the Jehovah's Witness or the other people that criticize us on this. Michael in the Hebrew says, one who is God. Period. Michael is Jesus. Get that clear. It's Jesus. Now, some folks, oh, no, 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 don't make Michael. Brothers and sisters, watch what happens here. And you tell me if an angel can do this. Now, if Lucifer, Satan, is the number, there's God, the Father, uh, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit right here, right? That's the level. Right below that was Lucifer. And then below him was everybody else. Now, what angel? Don't no, no Gabriel. That ain't Gabriel. Gabriel got promoted because somebody got demoted. This is no, this, but brothers and sisters, watch what happens here. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and, and whose angels? Don't, none of the angels own each other. Possession, ownership. Michael is Jesus Christ. See, what you have to understand in the Bible is, is every time the word Michael shows up, Michael is the name used for God, for Christ, when he goes into war. Like some of y'all are Joseph. But on the streets, your name was Crazy Joe. Come on, say amen. I mean, some of you, your name is Phyllis. But people from the streets know you as Pookie. Oh, y'all not hearing me now. How many of y'all got a street name? Come on, talk to me out here. Some of y'all got your real name and you got the street name. 
The street name means I don't play. The street name means I'll cut you if I have to. In Jesus' name, Jesus is the name of saving. Jesus is the name of healing. Jesus is the name of delivering. Jesus is the name of loving kindness and mercy. But Michael is the name of, I'm about to cut somebody. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon, who is who, everybody? And his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Now, the Greek word for fight and war has nothing to do with knives and swords and bazookas and guns and nuclear weapons. They weren't in, they weren't in heaven fighting. It was a war of words. Now, can I tell you why that's so amazing? Because you have to understand, you know, people that diminish God by making it look like, you know, in your mind, war in heaven. You see them, you know, wrestling. You know, angels, lasers. By the way, almost every major superhero movie is based off of war in heaven. Anybody ever seen Superman, the most recent Superman? The whole story of Superman is about war in Krypton, and that war in Krypton played itself out on planet Earth. And who is Superman? Superman is Jesus. Matter of fact, the writer of X-Men is a adjunct professor at uh, 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 Fuller, uh, Fuller Theological Seminary. And everything that he writes about X-Men and the Marvel comics, etc., is based on the great controversy and war in heaven. Sometimes you're watching movies sometimes, you're like, man, this is a play on what happened in the Bible. So understand now that this was no war of physical fighting. It was a war of word. Let me tell you why that's so powerful. Because, see, God does not have to physically do anything. <laughs> in other words, when you need help and you need a blessing, God, and you know how we pray sometimes, God, come down here right now. And roll up your sleeves and put your and go to the bank, God, and take some money out, God, and put it in my account. Or you'll say, God, if you will just take your hand and put it on my body and just heal me, God. Sounds good. But guess what? God's so powerful. He doesn't even have to move off his throne because his war is a war of words. When he speaks, worlds come into existence. Hallelujah. Y'all not hearing me now. When he opens his mouth, solar systems erupt. The Bible says, and when God spoke, he commanded and it stood fast at the very word of his mouth. The war in heaven was a war. It was an argument of words. And just on his word, there was no longer any place found. The Bible says, so the great dragon was cast out. How? How was he cast out, everybody? With the word. Y'all not hearing me. How do you move Satan out of your life? <laughs> huh? It's, see, Christ lays out a plan for us from the beginning. How do you deal with Satan? You deal with him with the word. That's why, that's why these haphazard Bible students, folk that's looking for the preacher to feed them, oh, brothers and sisters, you, you ain't going to be able to fight. Listen, when the church is over and you go home, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to be at my own house fighting my own stuff. And guess what? I'm not going to have a conference president to help me fight my stuff. And, uh, and don't always feel you got to call me, pastor, pray for me. I'm going through it. Brothers and sisters, the same authority that God has given me through his son, Jesus Christ, is in you. And if you will just open up your mouth and speak the word of faith, declare the word of God, then you have some guts for crying out loud. Think, if you can't quote no scripture, 
Take out your Bible and start reading out loud. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan, who does what, everybody? You see how the Bible just defined who the dragon was? It says the great dragon was cast out. Tell us who it is, the serpent. Genesis 3, we'll get there. The devil, every name that he is. I, I love, John, John is basically saying, uh, through Jesus Christ, I want y'all to be clear on who, who I kicked, whose butt I kicked. Yeah. The serpent? Satan? <laughs> huh? The devil? Yeah. yeah, him. I beat his behind. And I didn't have to lift my finger. I did it with my mouth. He was cast. He deceives the whole world. He was cast, where everybody? To the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. So what happened next? There was war, and then he got kicked out, just like that. The Bible doesn't say there was a war, war one, World War two in heaven, World War three in heaven, World War four. Enduring, war, enduring freedom war, Operation, uh, Operation Heaven War number four. Huh? What, what's the other war for Iraq? I mean, I mean, huh? Desert, desert heaven. Number seven, you see how we struggle to deal with terrorism? When, when God got faced with terrorism in heaven, there was one war. Come on in here, Deanna. Yeah. Listen, brother, there was no part two and three. Come on, say amen. He spoke, he was gone. <laughs> he declared it, and he was out of there. Satan, listen now, uh, this just gives you a picture of the weakness of Satan. Satan is absolutely, positively no match for God. Even when he was a baby, going back to the first sermon, he could not even kill a baby. Imagine Father, Son, Holy Spirit in the same room against the devil and one third of his angels. There is no contest when you've got divinity in all of its persons, three in one, standing in the same place. And bless your heart right now, the Bible says if two or three are gathered together in my name, then the same presence of God that dwells in heaven, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, are all in me. That's why I've got authority. Glory to God. So how did the war start? And this is the part that uh, I need to tell you about. 1 John 3, 8. Listen carefully. The one who does what is sinful is of the what? Because the devil, watch this, watch this line, has been sinning from the beginning. Did you catch that? When has the devil been sinning, everybody? From the beginning. Now watch this careful line here. The reason the Son of God appeared, came here on planet Earth to save our souls as a man, was to destroy the devil's work. Did everybody catch that? All right, let's keep on moving here. Ezekiel 28 gives us a clear picture of the psychology behind Satan's animosity and anger against God. The Bible says in verse 15, read everyone, you were blameless in your ways, talking about Lucifer, from the day you were what? Till wickedness was found where? In you. All right? Verse 14. The Bible says you were the anointed, you were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you 
You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. So understand Lucifer's place. I want you to understand his place. Lucifer, there was Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Then, right up under them, Lucifer. Lucifer basically means light. You know why he was called light? Because he was so close to God and his presence that he began to look like what he spent time in. The other angels did not have the access to God like Lucifer did, Willie. Y'all not hearing me. <laughs> we are talking, now, and, th- and this is one of the reasons, I'm going to throw this out here now. This is one of the reasons why Satan cannot repent right now. And what I'm going to help you to see in a moment is, is one of the reasons why Satan hates you so much is because you are now living what he wanted. Now stay with me. He was second to God and it wasn't enough. Isaiah 14, 12 gives us more insight. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weaken the nations. Verse 13. For you said where? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne. Now, 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 I was just caught there. As I was studying this, Carl, this occurred to me. That he had a throne. <laughs> Y'all not hearing me. The throne that God, now it wasn't God's throne, but, but he had his own throne. Sister Anthony, he, he had a throne. That wasn't enough. If you go to the Garden of Eden, Genesis 3, Fred, you know what sin, let me tell you what sin is. Sin is, is Adam and Eve have a planet. Some of y'all fighting over a half of an acre on your little lot where you mow your little grass. <laughs> Come on, say Huh? Got your little weed eater and you, you, you doing something. Come on, say amen. Don't want nobody on your property. Don't walk on my grass. Adam and Eve had a planet that was perfect. And Satan convinced them that it wasn't enough. He says, everything is yours except that. Oh, hear me now. 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 The spirit of it's not enough is the spirit of Satan. He says, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also. Now, listen, we're getting inside information, brothers. And sisters, there's nowhere else in the Bible except in Revelation, Isaiah 14, Ezekiel 28, where we get the backstory on why all this hell is going on in our lives. Now, if there's anything that you should be able to explain as a Seventh-day Adventist Christian, it's this. If you cannot explain this, then you need to go get into the Bible study that goes on on Wednesday night. You need to be able to explain the great controversy. You got to. You got to. Because, see, this is the thing that makes sense of 
all the stuff that's going on in our life. When people have come to me, people, I'll never forget. I was in uh, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, where I was pastoring before I came here. And a 13-year-old A student committed suicide. His mom and dad walked into his bedroom, and he was there hanging. I did his funeral. Packed out. All the kids from high school there, weeping and mourning. And someone said to me, why would God... Allow this to happen. That two-year-old baby the other day. Accidentally shot by his father. If you don't know this story, then how do you give hope to people who are wondering, God did this. He could have stopped it, and he did not. There's only one way to explain it. There's something going on. There's a backstory behind this. There's a backstory. You know, I've seen cases where you've, people have had to kick out their children. And some Johnny come lately comes up and said, well, how come you're not staying at home with your mom and dad? And, you know, the, the kid, well, you know, my mom and dad, they don't, you know, I try, they don't want to do this, that, and the other, and so forth and so on. And because they don't know the story, they began to sympathize with them. They did what? You're the child. How could they do that? But they don't know that that Negro wouldn't follow no rules, wouldn't have no respect. Come on, y'all not, y'all not talking to me in here. Huh? And that mother and father bore along with them, had spent time in, in, the, in the jails with them, had been to court with him, had been to the, had been to the, uh, the emergency room with him, had, had kept his children. And sometimes there comes a time where God has to say, I've got to put him out. So you walk up on the scene all late and say, oh, that ain't right. But you don't know the story. Come on in here, somebody. How many of y'all know out there? How many, we, that's why we ought to be sick and tired of always of folks judging us, which ought to make you sick and tired of judging other people. Because you don't know why folks are in here today. You don't know why folks are crying when they worship. You don't know why people are lifting their hands and giving God glory. You don't know why the tears are streaming down their face. You don't know why they're divorced. You don't, come on in here. Talk, y'all better talk to me now. You don't know why. Shut up. Mind your business. You don't know the story. You don't know why they've been married three times and why their children are not with them and why you don't know why. There's a story behind it all. You don't know why I holler when I preach. (laughs) You don't know why I lift up my voice and praise his name. You weren't there when he found me. And so there was iniquity in his heart. He said, I will ascend above the heights. (laughs) Of the clouds. I will be. The Hebrew is better than this, this translation. This translation, like the Most High. We all want to be like the Most High. The Hebrew says, I will be the Most High. Second place ain't enough. I want to be God. Now, can I give you more insight? First John 3, 4 says, everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. So understand now, the reason why Satan tried to take God's kingdom is because sin was in him. 
So this explains what the issue was. He didn't like God's rules. Sin is lawlessness. Or some verses say sin is the transgression of the law. In other words, he didn't like how God was running his government. He said, I got a better way. Bible says in Romans 13, 10, therefore, watch this now. What's God's law? Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So watch this now. Why did Satan get kicked out? Because Satan did not like love. He likes power. Y'all missed that. See, the reason why Christ is so powerful is because he's so loving. But Satan thought that he could he could take the DNA of power out of God without having the love. So watch what the fulfillment of the law is by the Bible. The Bible says, therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Did y'all hear that? First John 5, the Bible says, this is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. You see why Satan got in trouble? He had gotten sick and tired of following the command of love. The Bible says in verse 3, in fact, 1 John 5, this is love for God to do what, everybody? To keep his commands, and his commands are not a burden. For, uh, for, uh, this is really, it's not 1 John, but John 14, 15 says, if you love me, come on, everybody, do what? But going back to Leah's song today, we don't love God. We love what God has. Y'all not hearing me. This is why someone will go and date somebody that they know don't love Jesus. The only way you can do that is you want to be, you rather not be alone with a human than have God. So you made a choice. That's it. Now, Buckle your seatbelts, as I have a, give me about 12 minutes. Buckle your seatbelts here. Normally, I, I do not share this kind of information, because we're in evangelistic series when we do this teaching, and don't want people to think that we're being extra biblical. But I'm sharing with you today, as a church, because I want you to know the inside info. It's from the pen of inspiration, the book Great Controversy, which hopefully by now you have at least opened. Little by little, she says, Lucifer came to indulge a desire for self-exaltation. Instead of seeking to make God supreme in the affections and allegiance of his creatures, it was Lucifer's endeavor to win their service and homage to himself. Now, the key point I want you to get here is Lucifer didn't just wake up one morning and say, I want to be like the Most High. In, in the presence, as they're worshiping God. And Lucifer, the number one Leah worship leader, he, he leads worship for heaven. Now, listen, now Leah's bad. I mean, she's bad. Huh? I mean, the girl can lead worship. I mean, I look at people, I mean, your singers, tell me, who is it? I mean, Fred Hammond and, you know, all your people, Mahalia Jackson, oh, those folks are bad. But you ain't Lucifer. Listen, we're leading churches. He led heaven. When he led worship, when he led worship, 
Father, Son, and Holy Spirit would come into the service. When he sang, you know, and I've heard some folks say he sang four or five parts. Brothers and sisters, that's ba- that, that four and five part stuff is based on a piano. When we say that kind of stuff. You know, there are some countries that sing off the scale. There are some countries people sing off the scale. This is a European manifestation of what is in, in, intonation. So we're even limiting Lucifer when we say he sings on, he sings on the scale. Lucifer, there, this piano cannot contain his voice. His voice was so powerful that when he would speak melodiously, angels that had come to worship God believed him. <laughs> we up here singing and folk don't even believe us and we sing about Jesus. It was Lucifer's endeavor to win their service and homage to him and coveting the honor which the infinite father had bestowed upon his son. Now, did y'all see that? He was specifically jealous, Alan Long, of Jesus. Don't know why? I have, a, I have a supposition. Because Jesus was given, if you'll study carefully, even in Scripture, the Bible says in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, that between the council of the Trinity, Jesus was given the responsibility of creation. Planet Earth was created by Christ. One of the things you'll notice about Satan is, is he's always trying to be a creator. He felt that he should have got the call on that. He didn't like that he had to ride the bench on that one. But he didn't realize he's getting jealous of God. He forgot his place. Watch this. It says, Father had bestowed upon his son the prince of angels, Satan, aspired to power, which it was the prerogative of Christ alone to wield. Continue reading. All heaven had rejoiced to reflect the creator's glory and to show forth his praise. And while God was thus honored, all had been peace and gladness. There was nothing wrong in heaven until Satan got jealous. Sounds like church. But a note of discord now marred the celestial harmonies. Listen very carefully. Watch, watch, watch. The service and exaltation of self, contrary to the creator's plan, awakened forebodings. You know what forebodings is? It's it's that inner feeling of dissatisfaction. See, little by little, Satan didn't like this. He didn't like that. Until it got to a place where he couldn't control his feelings anymore. It says, awaken forebodings of evil in the minds, in minds to whom God's glory was supreme. The heavenly councils, watch this, this is amazing, pleaded with Lucifer. You know what that says? That God, Father, God, Son, God, Holy Spirit, went to Lucifer and said, please. I know you're having a hard time with this government, but you don't know where this thing will go. I'm begging of you right now. Repent. Let it go. My God. My God. I I wish I was there to see God begging and pleading with Lucifer. The same way the Holy Spirit begs and pleads with us. The Son of God presented before him the greatness, the goodness, and the justice of the Creator and the sacred, unchanging nature of his law. Basically, he said, Lucifer, Lucifer, we're not going to change. I'm love. I can't be anything that I am. I can't, I can't back away from this. 
Watch what happens. Let's go back. All right, one more time. God himself had established the order of heaven. And in departing from it, Lucifer would dishonor his maker and bring ruin upon himself. But the warning, given in infinite what? And what else? Only aroused a spirit of resistance. So get this, what, this is what's being said. In heaven, before anybody got here and before there was a planet Earth, the war was this. Satan said, I don't like that God is God. God came to him, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Let it go. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. See, most of us can only think in terms of time. So in my, mind, in my, in my little feeble mind, you know, I'm, I'm thinking maybe this went on for a few hours. Maybe this went on for a few days. You know, maybe this went on maybe for a year. Consider this. Consider that this went on for a gazillion years. I want you to understand, because we know he is long-suffering, right? right? Now, long-suffering for us is you've been living for 40 years and you're still doing the same stuff and God is merciful to you. That's because we live in what? Time. Right. Consider Satan in cosmic time, in eternity past, right. there, where there is no time. Consider that God may have been pleading with him for a gazillion years. <laughs> wow. I'm shook on that. And Lucifer, and the more that God pleaded with him, this is what happened. He saw that as weakness. He says, if he will get this weak like this, he says, surely then I can have the throne. It's coming to a close in a second. Pride in his own glory. Pride in his what, everybody? Nourished the desire for supremacy. The high honors conferred upon Lucifer were not appreciated as the gift of God. At the root of every sin is a person who just ain't grateful. He ain't, he ain't thankful. He should have killed your behind. And you complaining. And you're robbing him in tithes and offerings. <laughs> I mean, listen, you, the reason you... I'm, I'm, that's beyond me. You have a job. Okay, pause. You got a job. Amen. To work that job, you have to be alive. Amen? And to work that job the way you work it, you have to be in good health. All of that stuff happens because God keeps you alive so you can be able to even work. And then you got the nerve to turn around and say, my money. My house, my wife, my children. If you wasn't alive, y'all not hearing me. If you weren't breathing, if there were no pulse in your body, who's keeping you alive right now? With your raunchy self, come on in here. Your rebellious self, your inconsistent, unfaithful behind. At the root of sin, Gabriel, is a person that just don't know how to say thank you. My mama told me, first thing you ought to say when you get up in the morning is thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you wake up in the morning and you realize that last night you, your bed could have been your cooling board. 
You, you wake up and, and you open up your mouth and thank you, Jesus. Ah, there are some days where I'm down. This week, my wife was in a car accident. Ah, we woke up on Monday morning and life was going as normal. And my wife got into the car. Thank God she's okay. But she was in an accident. And after it was over, the Holy Spirit came on me and I opened up my mouth and I said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. If you're six feet above ground, give him the praise. He gloried in his brightness and exaltation and aspired to be equal with God. Why, watch this, why, questioned this mighty angel, should Christ have the supremacy? Why is he thus honored above Lucifer? That's what he's saying. Sin makes you crazy. Oh, come on, talk to me now. Anybody ever done some stupid stuff before? And you look back now and you say to yourself, it seemed like a good idea back then. You say, to yourself, man, I was out of my mind. Sin makes you crazy. <laughs> Leaving his place in the immediate presence of God. This is good stuff, isn't it? Leaving his place in the presence of God. Lucifer went forth to diffuse the spirit of discontent. Now, let me tell you something. Folks that ain't happy, they can't help themselves. They can't help it. They can't help it. They try. They try. I mean, I, can, I see Lucifer now. Oh, I'm going to try now. I'm going to tough this thing out. This is just my problem. But see, while he's worshiping, look, uh, picture it now. They're giving glory to God, worshiping. And then he begins to think in his mind. Why am I doing this? And people begin, people begin to see. The angels begin to see. He's not leading like he used to lead. When, when there are meetings, he has an attitude. He's not hanging around everybody like he used to anymore. He goes to his room. I don't know if he had a room. You know, he doesn't have time for any. You, you can t- Listen, some folks think that we don't know you mad. <laughs> yeah, you mad. <laughs> I can tell you mad. Because you can't hide it when you're mad. And see, what will happen is, is when you're mad, you try to make everybody else mad with you. You're negative and you can't help. Oh, Lord, God, help me. Oh, Lord, help. God, help us. Listen, if you got a problem, it's your problem. Don't make it my problem. Keep it your business, but don't try to spread your problem with everybody else. I posted on Instagram this week. If you think something's being done that ain't being done right, then shut your mouth about it and you go fix it. Ah, the, the church just ain't friendly. Would you get your behind up, stand out there in the doorway, and be friendly? Oh, y'all not hearing me now. I don't like the music in the church. Well, then you come to choir rehearsal, and you start learning the song that you want to sing, and shut your mouth. I don't like the pray the preacher preaches. Well, grab your Bible, start you your own church, and go preach somewhere. Y'all not hearing me now. I don't like the vision that the direction of the church is going in. Well, if you don't like, Lord, oh, y'all not hearing me now. But don't make my, your problem everybody else's problem. It's the spirit of Satan. He went forth to diffuse the spirit of discontent, ungrateful, among the angels, working with mysterious secrecy 
for a time concealing his real purpose. See, he did it in a way to make it seem like he had the best good. And listen, guys, I just, you know, I love God and everything. love to worship him. love serving him. But, 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 but I, God needs our help. He's missing some things. He doesn't realize that we're unhappy. And so I don't want to tell him that. I don't want to tell him. Let's just, let's form our own group so that we don't, we're not just, now you can't form your own group in heaven. And notice this, she says, his real purpose under an appearance of reverence for God, he endeavored to excite dissatisfaction concerning the laws that govern heavenly beings. Now watch what the scripture says. I'm going to end right here. And, and, be, and you belong. No, 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 this is amazing here. Carl Poole just messed me up just now saying. Hey, brother, this ain't Africa. See, in Africa, when I went to Africa, I preached four times a day. And they begged me to preach for two and three hours. I know where I am. <laughs> you saying that. <laughs> <It ain't> saying. <laughs> uh, just, just take great controversy out and study and you'll get the word. Uh, so John 8, 44. No, man, this is amazing right here. This is the point I really want to end with. Notice psychologically how God analyzes this whole thing. Don't miss this. This is heavy stuff. I need your minds on this. He says of concerning those that the Pharisees who are acting like Satan. Notice what he says. He says, you belong to your who? Your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desires. Now, now, this is the part right here. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding. To, no, 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 no. Now, here's the, here's the line that blows my mind, Michelle. He was a murderer from the beginning. Now, watch this. Satan, at this point, had not killed Christ. So why would, he call, why would Christ call him a murderer from the beginning? Did, did anybody catch that? He, he's, he, you know, Christ is saying he's a killer. He's a murderer. He's a lying murderer. Go, let me go back here. Uh, notice what it says. Continue. It says, for there is no truth in him when he lies... He speaks his native language. I speak English. Japanese speak Japanese. Uh, Chinese speak Mandarin and different variations. Some Africans speak Kiswahili. Satan speaks lying. When he lies, he speaks his native language. But watch this. For he is a liar and the father of lies. But but here's here's the crazy part. It says that he was a murderer from the beginning. Now, here's what we miss about sin, and this is what I want you to get. This is why, what I want, mainly what the Holy Spirit is leading me to help us to do right now, is to get us to a place where we hate sin in all of its forms. Not just sin in other people. Now, let's be honest. You know whose sin I hate the most? Y'all's. And you know whose sin you hate the most? The person sitting beside you. But see, watch this now. See, what sin did is called for murder. See, this is why God pleaded. 
Satan, don't do this thing. Can I help you out? Because it was known that if you try, if you sin, somebody's got to die. The angels, listen, now now, 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 I'm going to, I'm going to prove this to you. Watch Revelation 13. The lamb who was slain from the creation, did y'all catch that? Jesus planned on dying before planet Earth showed up. Watch this. When Satan sinned and God could see through time that sin would come to planet Earth, Sister Brown, God had already, see, this is, you have to understand, the, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to find a way to explain this. Help me, Holy Spirit. Do, do you know what happens if you split an atom? You know, what, what, somebody tell me. Military people tell me. Huh? You have a nuclear explosion. Okay? So, you, you know, all this fear about nuclear bombs and stuff. You know, I don't know how they do it, but it's nuclear fusion. I, I mean, I know that much. But what, it's quantum physics, right? So what happens is, is basically, somehow, the smallest part of, of, of planet Earth is an atom. Okay? And they have ways of splitting that atom. God never intended that atom to be split, okay? If it splits, there are consequences called a nuclear bomb. Do you know that there was one bomb that America owns that if set off could destroy the whole planet? So watch this. <laughs> when Satan tried to break up divinity... It is almost the equivalent, if your mind can wrap yourself around it, the splitting of an atomic bomb. In other words, you cannot split God. They are so one in purpose that to split them, there is a catastrophe called the death of his son. When Jesus was on the cross, he, they split the, the atomic relationship of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. That's why when Jesus was on the cross, he cried forth and said, My Father, my Father, why have you forsaken me? Do you hear the grief in his voice? There was never a time that he was separated from God. Now here's the thing. It was so unnatural to him to be separated from God. But watch this. Because sin is being separated from God. Now, now come to us. We are comfortable with that. We're comfortable with being separated from God. Yes, we are. We're, it's, it, it doesn't bother us. When we sin, it separates us from our relationship with God. And it doesn't, it, it, here's, the, here's the insanity of sin. It doesn't even bother us. It, I mean, it, it, but, but it sets off a reaction of consequences. Y'all not hearing me right now. I mean, well, how many know that that one decision that you made, you've been paying for it your whole life. Lord, have mercy. That one place that you went, you've been paying for it your whole life. That's not God punishing you. It's just that when you separate child from parent, when you separate of, of, of the worshiper from the, from the person to be worshipped, it sets off a catastrophic thing of events called sin. Christ hated sin because sin called for the death of 
God! I know this is heavy stuff, but, but I want you to get this. Whatever sin you are cherishing in your life. You're hurting Jesus. No, no, no. You're killing him. Every time we sin, we are calling for the murder of God. Bible says when we sin, we crucify him afresh. Have mercy. Have mercy. Have mercy, God. Have mercy. Oh, have mercy, Jesus. I can't wait to preach next week's sermon. Gotta leave it there. I will say this, though. When you keep reading the text, the Bible says, now salvation has come. Now, when the Bible says now, you know what it's saying? When Jesus died on the cross, hallelujah, Satan could no longer go to heaven and accuse us anymore. Now, let me explain something to you now. You know the Bible says he is the accuser of the brethren? Can I, can I give you something to be, give God praise about? Not anymore. <laughs> Unless you're listening, because God doesn't. You know how when you're a kid, you see those pictures, Satan on one side, God on the other, I mean, Satan, an angel on the other, or, or, or you see Satan going to God saying, accusing them. Well, the Bible says, if you keep reading the text, it says, because of the cross, he has been cast down. Yeah. And, no, and, and if you study it carefully, the text says this. It says, and, they, and in heaven, they begin to rejoice. Yeah. Not on earth. It says, to earth, woe, because he's coming down to you. But it says, in heaven, when Christ died on the cross, Oh, I don't have time. I wish I had time to tell you. Let me say this. You have to read it on your own. The angels, the angels. Let me, let me show you. Let me show you. I got to move. Uh, let me see. Let me, let me show you something. Okay, so watch this text. It says, this is... Satan still had influence in heaven until Christ died on the cross. Now, here's the crazy thing about it, Akil. God was willing to let his reputation, even in heaven, literally, I'm going to show a video in, in the next service and you'll see it clearly. Literally, when Satan's deceptions were so strong in heaven that not until the cross, Carl, did even the good angels in heaven know that what God was doing was right. That's why the text says, watch, it says now. It says now, doesn't it? You know, it says now salvation and strength and, and, king, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come now. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been what? When? Now! Now, the now that he's talking about is the cross. Now, watch this. Here it is. I, I'm sorry. I, please forgive me. Please forgive me. I, I, just give me a few minutes to say this. It says, not until the death of Christ was the character of Satan clearly revealed to the angels or to the unfallen worlds. Did y'all hear what that? 
the ju- even in heaven, the jury was still out. And God was like, I'm okay with that. Because I know that after a while, when they see my son, when, they, when the angels and the unfallen world see that what Satan has done, call for the death of God, everyone will know. That I, that I am love. <laughs> Come on in here, somebody. Uh, when you see Christ on the cross, if there is ever a moment in your life you have doubted God loves you, you know how silly it is for you to get into a financial tight spot and start saying, God, why did you? You didn't, Lord, I just need a blessing. You know how crazy that is? He sent his son. The angels in heaven are amazed that God died for you. I got to go. Got to go. There's so much more. So much more. So much more. Here it is. Point number one. The death of Christ is a result of not just Satan's sin, but your sin. I know you weren't there, but guess what? Yes, you were. You pulled him out. He knew it. Can you imagine the three? Go ahead, Michelle. The three. They're sitting there. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And if you read further in early writings, this is such good stuff. There's no time. There's no, there's no even time for this. But said that there was a conversation amongst the three. Who will go? Who will go? Who will go and die? <laughs> Chris, Christ, Christ, Christ begged the Father, I'll do it. He comes down here, and, and brother says, let me say this. We are Seventh-day Adventists, right? But don't you ever uplift the Sabbath over the cross. Don't you ever, don't you ever do that. Don't you ever lift up the second coming over the, if the listen, if there was no cross, <laughs> if there were no cross, more than one-third would have left heaven. (laughs) If there were no cross, you would not be alive right now. If there were no cross, you could not even, hear me now, you couldn't even sin. Let me help you. When you were drunk as you don't know what, huh? Downing that Colt 45. Huh? Guess what? While you're drinking, inebriated, trying to drown out your sorrows. Do you, in sinning against God, do you realize God has to keep you alive to stay drunk? I'm going to get graphic. While you tiptoe out on your wife and you are copulating with someone else's wife, or, or my single friend, while you're fornicating all over God's creation. Do you know who has to keep you alive in the heat of your passion? Don't you ever. You know what kept you alive? The cross. You couldn't even sin if Jesus had not died on the cross. And so what that ought to do for you is is when you see him stand, when you see his arms outstretched, 
when you see him crying out, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. When you see his father disconnected from him, the blood pouring down from his veins and blood on his face, the crown of thorns on his head, you've got to get to a place where you say, I hate sin. I hate it. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. Anybody glad that he died? Anybody glad that he died for your sins? If you are thankful today, will you stand in worship to him? Will you lift your hands in praise and thank God that his mercy endures forever, that he is the lamb slain, that your sins have been washed away by the blood of the lamb? What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Father, we just tell you right now, we're thankful, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We give you the glory. There are angels right now that have never sinned, and they cry out holy. But, Father, we sinned. We broke your commandments. We rebelled against you, and you saved us. Should not our praise be greater than those who had not sinned? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Glory to God in the highest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood. And 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 he can't accuse me no more. There is no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody glad? Anybody glad? Will you come down here if you're thankful? If there's anybody that wants to receive pardon for their sin, that wants to be washed in his blood, that wants to accept the free gift of salvation all over again, whether you've been in the church your whole life, you stand in amazement that he gave up so much. I invite you to come right now. Come. The old rugged cross Till my trophies at last I lay down. Thank you, Lord. I will cling <laughs> to that old rugged cross. And bless his name on this, y'all. And exchange it summer day for a crown. So I'll cherish, sing it again. So I'll cherish the old rugged cross. <laughs> Lay them down till my trophies at last I lay down. I love this part. Clean things. I will cling to the old rugged 
cross. Hallelujah! And the exchange it some take for a crown. Father God, what a love story. What a story. And I'm in it. I am the object of your affection. <laughs> I, am, I am extremely loved. Help me to hate sin with a passion in my life. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Brother Craig, would you come and lift up our...